Blog Talk Radio. Hopkins standing in for Dr. Ross Green, who is traveling today. It's time for another edition of Parenting Your Challenging Child. We do this podcast the first Tuesday of the month, September through May at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. We do our best to help you with your behaviorally challenging child, help you figure out what's going on, and help you figure out some things that are hopefully going to work. Our call-in number is 347-994-2981. And make sure to press one. I believe I'm joined by, or I will be joined by, one of our B-team parent moderators, Jennifer. She says she's calling in. I know last time I hosted the show, we had some technical issues, and hopefully that's not happening today. It all looks good on this end, so hopefully Jennifer can join us shortly. Oh, I think she's calling in right now. Let's let her on. Hello, is that you? (laughs) That's me. Fabulous. Welcome. Thanks for joining me today. It's so nice to talk with you. (laughs) Of course, as soon as it was time for the show, the phone rang. It's the first time it's rung all day. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. We know that's going to happen, right? Oh, man. And um, I should... I'm going to apologize in advance. I'm on the tail end of yet another cold. So if I cough, my apologies. I'm going to try not to, but oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, um, it's been a tough year for so, that. Oh, and they just, they're just they just hanging on, too. They're not giving up. But anyhow, I know I had a couple things I wanted to bring up, and we certainly have some emails, and I'll keep an eye out for callers. But I wanted to first ask you if you had anything that you wanted to mention. Um. Well, I just we were just talking in the B team this morning about Plan C, and I know that that Plan C is something that people struggle with a lot because a lot of times people see it as giving in. <laughs> and um, I had just shared this on there, but I'll share it here as well. That I often look Plan C like the world's longest empathy step. <laughs> where you said that you're before, yeah. <laughs> yes, you're taking some extra time to learn about your kids' concerns and really see what's standing in the way of his meeting your expectation. It builds trust. It helps him to see that you're really doing things differently, uh, that you're not on the defensive, that you're not going to come out with your plan A guns blasting. Uh, and it it can really help you to bring things into focus. So don't be afraid of plan C. <laughs> yeah, you know, um, I actually do quite a bit of plan C lately with my three-year-old who's um, definitely <laughs> has some, some difficulties and my husband doesn't feel comfortable with it sometimes. And so he'll ask me about it. So recently, you know, it's pretty obvious to me that my son um, – has some difficulties with rigid thinking. So like when he has an idea in his head, it's really hard Mm. to get him to move off that idea. And so 
he usually has a sippy cup of milk in the morning. And it's a sippy cup because I don't need it to be spilled in my bed, which is where he usually is first thing <laughs> in the morning. Comes, comes in, you know, eases into the day, watches the show with his milk. So um, one morning my husband gets the milk and he comes up and it's the wrong cup. And I, like, my plan C was I hopped out of bed and I just took it nicely from his hand <laughs> and I said, oh, that's okay, I'll get the other one before my son could have an epic meltdown <laughs> over it. And my husband's like, You're te- what are you teaching him? And I said, I'm not teaching him anything. What I'm doing is keeping <laughs> things calm right now. He doesn't know how to adjust yet to the different cup. And so right. I'm not going to make the demand that he adjust to it if I haven't taught him how to do it. He can't do it yet. And he's like, oh, okay, right. So, but we're going to teach him how. I'm like, yes, we are going to teach him how. We just can't work on everything all at once. And believe me, there are plenty of bigger things we're working on. But, you know, do I want him to always think he could have exactly what he wants when he wants it? No, that's not real life. And yet I'm going to keep things calm right now because, right. I, you know, this, it would be bad timing. We're not working on it. And he's like, or like he's like, you know, tentatively trusting me on that. But, you know, and it's because he saw it and he started to get worked up and I was like, that's all right, I'll get the other one. And I went and got the other one and he was fine because I removed the expectation that he adjust, you know. And the reason why my husband got a different cup was because the regular ones weren't clean. And I was like, I will clean it because that's my plan (laughs) C for right now. But at some point, I will put that unsolved problem of difficulty when you have a different cup than you expected on his plate, but it is not on our plates right now, so let's not ask about it. Now, that's an example of, you know, kind of in-the-moment emergency plan C. But, you know, <laughs> again, doing that else is critical because you want to make your kid as predictable to you as possible because you want to do proactive plan Cs, you know. Right. So, like, the proactive mm-hmm. plan C is but my husband and I had to get on the same page, like wash the cup. Don't give him a different one. Like that is our proactive <laughs> plan C for this one, you know? And yes. um, other times it might be, you know, we're, we're not going to ask you to eat certain vegetables or something like that. Like what are your, what are you ahead of time agreeing that you're not working on? And then for bigger things that the answer is not just to not bring it up. Like you actually have to have something that happens. Then we talk about Band-Aid plans, you know, where right. you're saying to the kid, this isn't something we're working on, but it can't quite keep going the way it's going. So temporarily, how about, what do you think? Should, could we do this? And, you know, is this the way we could sort of put it on the back burner? And everybody's still yeah. safe and everything's still calm. We haven't taught anything, but we're making room to teach things, you know, because we can't work on everything all at once. Um, but I don't know about you. The Dan, other thing that think, like, oh, go ahead, go ahead. And so the other, the other really nice thing about Plan C is that sometimes if you can let go of stuff like, like with your cup, um, that you're you if through the process of Plan Bing other things, you might build that that skill, that underlying skill enough that without your even trying to plan B that, all of a sudden, if you have to give him another cup, he's like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's always amazing. Absolutely. Plan C results in his growing into it on his own. It's, it's a beautiful thing, and it happens more often than I expected it to. Sure. And, you know, and, you know we have, for example, Plan B um, stopping playing to go up to bedtime. 
And mm-hmm. I mean, as obviously, I said he's three. It looks different than it looks with older kids who are more verbal and whatnot. But, um, yep. you know, we've had to do a little bit of trial and error and, and whatever. But the, the big key is we're not reading him like he's trying to get away with something or he's trying to get under our skin or something like that. We're reading it as, well, he's having difficulty. That's the whole key, right? So he's having difficulty yes. trans- stopping playing to up to bed. And we've tried a variety of things. And now, and what works is, a 10-minute warning, a 5-minute warning, a 2-minute warning, a 1-minute warning. And then, um, and then having, like, exactly what happens next. Like, he walks to the refrigerator to get his nighttime milk with us. You know, he wants you to kind of sort of chase him up the stairs a little bit so he gets there first. Like, the whole, there's, like, this very particular routine, which I'm fine <laughs> with. I have no, cons- I can do that, right? And yep. I can write it down for a babysitter to do, so I'm pretty confident about that. But with, b- between the two things, he now makes the adjustment to bed. So now when I say, buddy, 10 minutes, it's time for bed, he says, okay, mommy. That took a lot of work, a lot of work. <laughs> and yet, he's, so he's getting some training in a whole bunch of skills by us working on that strategy. He's getting some cognitive flexibility training in there. He's getting some frustration tolerance training in there. There's a lot that's happening with that. So absolutely, it could end up naturally affecting the whole cup situation. Um, We'll see. Or time might also help with that as well. Um, Hey, we have a caller. So I'm going to hold on to the couple of things I was going to mention, and we'll bring on our caller. Let's see. Hi there, area code 614. You're on with us. How are you today? Good. Thank you for asking. (laughs) Oh, good. Thanks for joining. Um, If you could, no names and locations, but if you could tell us, what what uh, brings you to calling in today? So we have been planned beers for a long time. Um, attended some conferences, and we had a plan B go so sideways, and we were just not expecting it at all. <laughs> so we kind of wanted some help. <laughs> okay. So um, we are dealing with two sisters. Um, one one has some more issues than the other one. Um, one is pretty explosive, one is not. But the, the typical kinds of that on the cusp of being teenagers. Um, so we are now dealing with people going into people's rooms and uh, borrowing their stuff without asking and that type of stuff, invading space invaders, those type of things. They call it stealing from each other. Obviously, <laughs> it never gets returned. <laughs> so, um, we, because we've been doing this for so long, we don't necessarily use super specific Plan B language. We've been doing it for about eight years now. So, we're just, you know, kind of did a, hey, like I noticed, you know, we're, we're really struggling with sister years, and, and, you know being a space invader in a room, you know, can we, can we talk about that? And wow, it was an explosion like I have not seen in years. There was so mm-hmm. much emotion surrounding it. Um, uh, we lost uh, part of the door to a room over it. We, uh, I mean, it was literally um, out of the blue, like nothing, something I haven't seen in years, just really, really, Tons of emotion, and um, so ended up getting everybody 
that worked out. And then Good. Uh, and then I sent Instacart to my potato chips. <laughs> and I just kind of sat there on the floor in a huddle, and I was like, oh, dear Lord, this is the pit. This is an awful place to be again. Um, so, like, stealing the behavior. So I kind of went with, like, we were going to go for, like, respecting other people's things. Um, not being a space invader, respecting each other's spaces. Um, just over the time of day, it kind of like a lot of people just kind of wandering in and out of each other's rooms, going, not knocking. So not necessarily a specific time of day that's causing it or anything. And then, um, and then how when you're in, when you approach a plan B and you get blindsided once you've been doing it for so long. <laughs> How do you back up really fast? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm really glad you called us. Awesome that you've been trying this for eight years, and it sounds like with some success and this new group of unsolved problems is just, well, maybe a little... Little got a little different flavor to it, different ages now and all that good stuff. So um, I had a couple things off the bat, and then certainly, Jennifer, you jump in at any point. So um, so you started saying, you know, we talked about being a space invader. We talked about, should we say, respecting things, respecting spaces, you know, you know not wandering in, not knocking and stuff like that. And so I was immediately really psyched to hear you think about how did I word this? going into it, right? Because when plan B goes sideways, we really think about 80% of the time we got to check on, on what we said or how we said it or the timing of saying it, right? So 80% of the time we want to think about what, you know, was there any adult impediment here? So that's usually where I go first, you know, as far as did I, um, you know, when I started to talk with her, was she already in the water? Was this heat of the moment? You know, okay, um, so that's one thing. What The words I used, did they convey plan A at all? Were they at all inciting? And so I was really excited to hear you start to kind of think that through because that was one of the things I thought about. Because um, although it's, it's a pretty kind of innocuous way to say it about being a space invader, it could be, especially where this issue has some heat to it, right, it could be inciting without you meaning it to be. So it could use a little word tweak. I'm not sure, but that would be one thing I would try. And um, I would go with something specific, even though this has been happening and lots of things are being taken and used without permission and all that, I would pick one. And I would say something like difficulty um, asking your sister's permission to use her lip gloss. Um, okay. Or something like that, right? Because the expectation is that you ask permission, right? Now, it doesn't mean she's going to be given the permission, but the expectation for her is that she asks permission, right? And so that's... Yeah, ask permission before she goes in or ask permission before she just borrows something without asking. Perfect. Great. So if you want to go specific on something that she did borrow without asking, you could go with something like that. Difficulty asking permission before you use your sister's fill it in, right? You could go with difficulty, okay. um, ask, you know, knocking before entering your sister's room. You could go with that, right? Um, so I'd go specific, 
and maybe a, a hair more neutral um, than you had. The other thing is, um, and I'm losing my thoughts here a little bit because I have a bunch of them. That always happens to me. Um, <laughs> I would... It sounds like even, so for eight years, you've been wrapped around this parenting philosophy. So it's probably safe to assume. Oh, we drank the Kool-Aid. We drank the Kool-Aid a long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. So so my guess is maybe your girls are not worried about being in trouble. Um, However, it's not like they run into every event that does plan B, right? They still see a lot of plan A around, you know, what, even if it's not coming in their direction, even if it's just something they're witnessing at school happening to another kid, right? So they, they still see it. And so I, just in case, although I'm not feeling terribly confident about this, but this is the other place I go when I talk about that 80% of the time the adults make an adjustment. Um, just in case, I would preface it with, you know, remember, this is not about you being in trouble. This is not about us being mad at you. This is not about anyone thinking you're you're bad or anything like that. Like some sort of reassurance. Like don't like remember this is this is how we handle things here, right? Don't forget. <laughs> Again, because you've been at it so long, I don't have a lot of hope with that. But I'd try anyway, just in case. Um, I know for my own work, daughter. Her and sister I, yells at her. Um, her sister yells at her that she's stealing things, and she's very sure she's uh-huh. not stealing things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so she so might could be. She might think she's in trouble for stealing. Right. Right. Yeah. Might be worth a shot reminding her in whatever words you'd like to use that this is not plan A. That's not how we do things in our house. Um, so there's no risk, essentially, in us talking this through. Because that's the thing. Plan A presents risk to kids. You know, if I talk this through, I could lose something. But in your house, that's not what happens, and this is no different. Even though it's upsetting sister greatly, it's just one of those unsolved problems we've got to figure out together. And in order to do that, if I have as much information from you about what you think about this, that'll that'll be helpful. You know? Okay. Um, those are my initial thoughts. I have a little bit more, but I want to throw it over to Jennifer just in case you've got <laughs> something you'd like to add. Yeah. Well, I, I often say that I always hesitant to speak to sibling questions because I grew up as an only child and I have an only child. <laughs> so I'm, I'm a little, sibling relations are very foreign to me, <laughs> but the thing that I, I do have experience with is having everything go great with plan B for a long time and then something coming out of nowhere and you're sitting there feeling like, oh my gosh, what just happened? This doesn't happen to us anymore. <laughs> and uh, it, it's, it can be a very, very disconcerting feeling and it can make you feel like, you know, what did I do? And chances are that there are so many things that could lead into it that it's it's not that you failed and it feels like a failure when it happens like that. And it's not a failure. And the other thing that it reminds me is that all the work that you've done in those eight years is still there underneath that. And it's still supporting your getting past this point, even if you can't see it right this minute. 
it's still there and it's still helping. Okay. That's an excellent yeah, It was really scary to go back to that pit of, oh, my gosh, <laughs> our house oh. is being destroyed, or, you know, all that stuff. Well, and it's like yeah. we hadn't seen that in years, and we were just like, wow. Yep. But, you know, the pit, well, the pit yes, wants you've... you to feel hopeless, and it lies. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. And all the Plan B work you've done is working towards breeding honesty, which we talk a lot about, um, you know, the skills that – help kids land on the better side of human nature and honesty is one of them. So you've got that, that groundwork laid and, and that will help you get through this, you know? Um, the only other thought, cause you had asked, you know, when you go in with a plan B and you get blindsided, how do you back out? I, and I love transparency. The more honest you are with kids, the more they feel that from you. And that in and of itself can be very um, calming, you know? So I would probably say something like, oh, wow, I'm surprised. I really didn't think this would upset you. I certainly didn't mean to upset you. Um, totally fine if you want to pause for right now. This is just one of those things we'll figure out, but maybe not to now is not the right time. We'll come back to it. Don't forget, no one's upset with you, right? But it's fine if this is not a good time because nothing can really be forced, right? Um, and that is like another deposit in the bank of respect and, you know, we're not forcing things and yet, you know, we have something to work on and we will and maybe now is right, not right the right second, but maybe a couple hours from now is or tomorrow morning or something like that. But just, you know, real transparent, find a way to say what you're thinking in a neutral, non-judgmental way, you know. Would you break it down as far as per item? Like, uh not using sister's lip gloss or would you say not using sister's makeup? Like, I mean, would you break it down even further? Um, You know, I think that's my, my instinct is to typically be quite specific, mostly because I want her to have the best shot possible of doing the depth of thinking I need her to do to get some good information. So she, you know, if she has a habit of taking the lip gloss, the eyeshadow, the, da, 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 right, then I'm just going to say, let's forget about it all. Let's just talk lip gloss, right? Because then yeah. when we come up with a strategy for that, we can hope to clump it to the other makeup later. Or what we'll learn is there's actually something different about the eyeshadow than the lip gloss, right? Um, yeah. Now, is it, would it be tragic, as Dr. Green would say, would it be tragic if you went in with makeup kind of clumped as a whole, it might not be, um, but, you know, it's I'm thinking really there's so of, much heat here, I may not have another choice. <laughs> yeah, 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 and how do you, how do you go in diffusing that heat? Lots of empathy, lots of reassurance that this isn't plan A, um, it's just one of those things we're going to figure out, and hey, we're so good at figuring things out, look at our track record, right? And we learn a lot when we work together on these things, and we're a great team, and this is no different, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, I, you know, we'd love for you to call or email back in with an update. We'd love to hear if any of this ended up kind of helping better position things for you. Um, yeah. So well, dropping it, yeah, completely about. planned seeing it, talking to sister and saying, look, we're going to work on this and we need to make another plan. We're going to go at it again, have 
got one sister just tolerating now, so that's good. The potato chips helped <laughs> in walking away. <laughs> potato chips, foodies. That stops the the blow up at the moment, so that was good. So we'll have to go right. at it again but, and just. Yeah. But but well, you, and you know what I'd love to them too. So they yeah. they know from your history that you're going to follow through with what you said. We're not going to drop this. You're not going to get into trouble, but we're going to continue to work on it. And that's working for you even if you can't see it. That's in there. Yeah, and I'd love to, (laughs) looping this back to what we started the show with, I'm not sure if you heard, but Jennifer was mentioning a a hot topic on the B team on our Facebook parents group about, you know, being worried about Plan C. But I'm going to take a wild guess that your daughter – throughout this process, even though you haven't solved it yet and you didn't do plan A, does not think it's okay to take stuff of her sisters without permission. (laughs) No, she's devastated. She's absolutely devastated over it. Like she, yesterday she did something again. She got out of the shower last night and I said, you know, I said, can I, I went in her room and I said, can I have sisters something back? Instead of we decided that I'm going to go get the stuff instead of sister going and getting the stuff that can take some heat away. Mm-hmm. And she handed mm-hmm. it to me, and I said, "I said, okay, thank you for giving that back. I really appreciate that." She said, "I'm not a good sister." I said, "Really?" Aww. I said, "I think you're a really good sister." She said, "No." She said, "I have to be a better sister and not take her things." But mm-hmm. okay, I said, oh, that I, you know, so she. Plan C is is not telling her that it's okay, which is what I think a lot of parents worry about. So I appreciate you letting us sort of loop back to that. And talk about kids do well if they want to. She's telling me that. Right? Oh, no, she's trying she's to telling me well. that loud and clear. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. She just doesn't have a plan to do well. And um, there's so much heat in it that we can't figure out what went wrong in the first place right now. So... <laughs> You know, that's kind of the, the, the thing that we're faced with right now. Cause, well, and the other thing is, my husband brought up the fact that maybe she feels so bad about herself right now that these things are mm. happening that when you try to talk to her that she's, that the heat comes from there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The heat comes from, I feel like a te- I'm a terrible person. I'm worthless. Mm. You know, and this is just the reinforcement by talking about it. <laughs> She's in the pit. Yeah, yeah the pit lies <laughs> to her, too. <laughs> so, you know, I, we laugh, so, yeah. but I think that's very true. <laughs> I think that does happen to our kids. I think the pit lies sure. to them all the time. And, and and the plan A that they get has helped that happen. And the more that you support her, the easier it's going to be for her to get out. Everything that you do that helps her gives her one more step back out of the pit. Maybe that's what I need to be asking instead of how do I get my kid out of the pit too? (laughs) Instead of trying to plan, (laughs) be a problem. How do I get my kid out of the pit? (laughs) Yeah. And I think, you know, the foundation you've laid and the reassurance you can offer and lay it on thick, um, I think will go a long way to helping that. Okay. Well, thank you guys so thank much. You so I much really appreciate for... it. This is some You're ideas. Welcome. 
<laughs> Thanks for calling in. Stay in touch. Keep Let us, us know how it's posted. going. I will. Thank you. Goodbye. Take care. All right. So, yeah, so <laughs> the notion that kids can be in the pit too, for sure. They can tell themselves negative things about themselves that just aren't true, but they believe it, and then that starts to color and inform, you know, how they act and what they do, and, you know. Um, but I have great hope Absolutely. for that. Absolutely. I hope we hear back. Um, we don't have a caller. We do have emails, but there was a few things I definitely wanted to mention because they're very exciting. Sure. I want to make sure that folks have heard that The Kids We Lose, our documentary, was accepted at the 2019 Los Angeles Women's International Film Festival, which is happening next Amazing. month. It's, it's, it's very exciting. Um, it's happening between March 21st and 24th. We have not yet been told when um, it will play, but when we are, we'll be trying to get the word out about that. So if you're in the L.A. area, um, maybe go check it out. Um, the other thing, The Kids We Lose is going to be airing on Maine Public Television. So if you're in Maine, you'll be able to view the documentary. It's going to be happening on Thursday, March 28th at 10 p.m. That's Eastern Time. Also, Saturday, March 30th at 11 a.m. Uh, Eastern Time. And if you go to thekidswelose.com, there is a link for screenings. And every time I check it, Liz has been doing a fantastic job of updating it. There's lots and lots more screenings. So in February, we've got one coming up in Illinois. There are three coming up in New York in March and April. We've got New Jersey in April. We've got a bunch in Maine in May. And we've got um, one, two, three, four, five scheduled in Australia in June and July, and we're updating this constantly. So um, keep an eye out for that, and also be in touch with Liz at Liz at LivesInTheBalance.org if you have a lead on an organization that wants to host a screening. Um, be in touch with her, and we can put that together. So that's some really exciting stuff happening. Which Very. Is really, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's encouraging. It's encouraging. I also want to let people know, this is kind of hot off the presses, um, the, the feedback we got about the documentary is that it doesn't necessarily leave you on a note of hope. And so we're actually <laughs> changing it a little bit to include just a couple of minutes of the hope uh, in the form of the work that Lives in the Balance does and the collaborative proactive solutions model. So that's going to be in a couple additional minutes that's going to be added to the documentary shortly to, to be part of the final version, which, um, again, was based on everybody's feedback. So thanks to folks who have seen it and chimed in about your thoughts. We're listening. So um, the other thing I just wanted to mention, in case folks missed our podcast last month and Dr. Green was on, he said one line, as he often does, that I just grabbed onto, and I've been repeating it um, <laughs> constantly because I just find it to be so true. But do you recall when he said, um, sometimes kids who have difficulty expressing their concerns and words rut mm -hmm. into solutions? You remember he said that? Yes. And I, yep. everywhere I look, that's true, everywhere I look. And so <laughs> I'm finding myself quoting that regularly because, and what he means is, you know, the kid who says, well, I'm just not going to. I'm just not going to clean my room or I'm just not going to go to the doctor or I'm just not. And that's all they say kind of over and over. Mm -hmm. 
let's, you know, rather than reading it as this kid's being obstinate, this kid, you know, the kids do well if they can lenses would be maybe this kid's having trouble telling me what they're worried about with regards to the going yep. to the doctor or cleaning their room. And as the partner, my job is to try to understand that part. And so, you know, and using some of the methods we talk about on here often of, um, you know, the five finger method and taking some tentative guesses and having the kid rate on their fingers, how close you are in your guesses can really be helpful in, um, understanding what the kids' worries are, that the only solution they can come up with is I'm just not going to, you know, because um, that's a solution. You know, I'm not going to the doctor or I'm not cleaning my room is a solution. What they're trying to solve yep. is what you need to know in order to help partner with them to come up with a solution that works for all um, and is going to be, event, you know, more helpful. So anyhow, I did want to repeat that because I have found it to be, you know, <clears throat> knowing this model for I don't even know, 17-ish years now. I just found that nugget to be <laughs> really helpful. Well, and I think that the opposite of that can be true, too. I think that we, as the adult partner in that conversation, can rut into solutions as well. And that sometimes we haven't, really well defined what our concerns are going into the conversation. And if you mm -hmm. aren't really clear on what your concerns are, then you can't express them to your kid. <laughs> if 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 you're not true. really sure what your concerns are, you can't be sure that your expectation is reasonable to identify your concerns for your conversation with your kid to be successful. And a lot of times Very well said. we haven't done that yet. <laughs> so, yep, yeah, I'm with you. We <laughs> we know what we don't like, but we don't often know how to word what we would want to see and what we're, we are expecting. So definitely. Um, all right, let's take an email. We have a bunch, so never a shortage of email. So let's pick one. Okay, <laughs> my 14 year old son has been diagnosed with. ODD, anxiety, and ADHD. In the last year, I've been struggling with how to cope and help my son. I have a history of anxiety and my husband has ADHD. <clears throat> we have sought professional help by seeing a psychologist and a social worker for him. He's presently going for therapy. His anger outbursts at home have decreased, but it is the conversations with my son that's crushing me inside. His inability to feel empathy when his behavior is negative is what I can't get through to him. He wants to hang on to the anger and feels it is an empowerment to his anxieties, even with CBT therapy. He refuses to want to change. What more can I do when he does not want to change and likes the anger and the way it feels to overcome his anxiety? I'm at a loss and spend many nights awake trying to cope and looking for hope and change. I'd welcome any help for my son's health and well-being. Mm -hmm. uh, you want to take this one first, or do you want me to? <laughs> um, well, my my initial thoughts were in listening to you read it. Um, us, what we discovered is that the anger wasn't overcoming my son's anxiety; 
it was his anxiety. It was the way that the anxiety was being expressed. Uh, and I didn't know that anxiety could look like anger. <laughs> and I also didn't know how horribly debilitating it can be. I thought I had bad anxiety until I met my child. <laughs> and uh, then I learned really what it can look like. And that that sounds to me like a kid who doesn't necessarily have buy-in to the plan B process, doesn't believe that he's not going to be in trouble on the other side of it maybe, which doesn't mean that the parents haven't put that out there. It just means that the kid hasn't absorbed it yet. Uh, and that this is a kid who is believing what his own pit is telling him. This is a kid in the pit, too, and that he feels badly about himself, and that's how it's coming back out in his conversations with his parents, is my first thought. Yeah, you know... um... I think you make a good point about how anxiety can present differently for sure. Um, Especially I think we find that with boys. Um, And the part that might be incredibly hard, but would be really important for parents to uh, keep their uh, empathy about them and, you know, doing that hard thing that helpers have to do, which is to have thick skin and not let their feelings get in the way of helping, which, again, easier said than done. Um, the Absolutely. Part where she writes, yeah, the part where she writes, he refuses to want to change. I know it can definitely look like that. Um, and I always think back to the, you know, the population I worked with when I learned this model. I wasn't a parent when I first learned this model. Um, I was working in residential care with uh, older adolescents, ages 12 to 22, and boy, did they look like they were refusing to change, right? They definitely yeah. looked like that, and they did some really <laughs> dangerous things to try to convince us of that, potentially, if we let ourselves be convinced. But what I would encourage you is don't be convinced that that is the truth. You know, yeah. he would do well if he could do well. There are things getting in his way, and mm-hmm. to figure out, why he's challenging and when he's challenging is really going to be key to maintaining that way of thinking and that lens, you know, that he'd do well if he could do well. And really encourage, I'm not sure, this was um, a fairly brief email, I'm not sure if there was an ALSA done um, with this kid. For this kid, I wonder if you have sat down and looked at our assessment. and really try to translate your observations into lagging skills and unsolved problems, uh, which, you know, helps adults kind of stay rooted in kids do well if they can, especially when it's in your face looking like the opposite. It makes him as predictable as possible. It gives you a starting place because my guess is there's going to be a lot of unsolved problems on there and you can't work on them all at once. Um, and so what are, you, what are you going to prioritize and work on and what are you not, which we talked about before. That would mean what do you plan seeing? Um, and, you know, again, that liberal use of plan C to keep things calm and make sure that trust is building, as we already talked about at the top of the program. Um, but that's kind of where my head went with 
you know, as hard as it is, what do you need to do to stay rooted in kids do all they can and make sure you have a plan and using that assessment to get you there. Mm-hmm. Anything to add the, to that? Yeah. I would also say that the part of the email that says that he refused, that he doesn't feel any empathy. I know that for a long time, my perception was that there was no regret when things would happen that, that, you know, my son would laugh in my face at things. He would, he would spit in my face and then laugh. And Mm. I can remember thinking, I've given birth to a monster (laughs) who thinks Mm. that this is okay Uh and that it's funny that I'm feeling this way, but that the reality was that that, that that too was anxiety in boys, uh, <laughs> and that he he just didn't know how to express what he felt. He didn't know how to make himself vulnerable in showing that remorse, so he couldn't let it come out. The fact that you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. It just means he hasn't figured out how to show it yet. And I think that that can feel very hopeless to a parent. That literally said, I've given birth to a monster. And then I felt horrible after I said that because, of course, I didn't. But in that moment, that's how I felt. And that parental guilt is terrible, too. We do terrible <laughs> things to ourselves. <laughs> so, Well, and in that moment, you know, really, you're human. And how could you not feel that way, you know? And it right. takes a of lot of intentional, yeah, intentional work to say, wait a sec, you know, the, the surface read here is actually not the case. You know, I know what it looks like. I know what it feels like. Yep. And yet <laughs> there's more at work here. And that, that takes a lot of intention and a lot of having thick skin and all of that stuff to be, you know, to be the kind of helper that your kids need, you know. So as you talk about a lot, the importance of self-care to make sure your pot is filled so that you can have that thick skin. Because I, you know, you're being spat at or hurt, you know. Wow, that's, how how do you maintain the thick skin? That's, um, it's well, it's not a tall easy. order. And, right, yeah. and I, you know, I always appreciate you sharing your own family's path because, you know, there you were being sat at and laughed at, and yet you did what you you did that hard work successfully to believe that that's not really what's happening here. You know, it looks yep. like it's intentional. It looks like he's enjoying it, and you didn't believe yep. that. You know, right? Um, that's not easy. That's not easy. Well, um, and, you know, I see people oh, struggle ahead. with that all the time. That that. Plant that CPS is not easy, especially when you're first starting out. It's a lot of work, especially when your lenses maybe haven't completely changed and you are still a little bit stuck in the ideas that your kid is doing these things on purpose and and you haven't drunk the Kool-Aid yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> It, it's really, really hard, and it can feel overwhelming, and it can feel like it's not worth it. But standing here 
where I am now and looking back and thinking about that, I haven't thought about that kind of an occurrence in a long time because it hasn't happened in years. He hasn't done something like that in a really long time. So I can look at it and say, it was really hard work to get to a place where we are now, but it was so incredibly worthwhile. So worth it. Because now I think that's a we're great... a team. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. We're a team. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's amazing. I think those are some incredible words just to wrap up today's edition. And I would also make the plug that we know how hard it is, which is why Lives in the Balance is devoted to coming up with resources to help you uh, not feel alone. And so check out livesinthebalance.org, um, the parents page in particular for all the different ways we're trying to support you in doing this work with your family and uh, stay in touch. We'd we'd love to be a support if we could be. Um, I hope everybody joins us next time, next month. I'm not sure if Dr. Green will be with us or not, but thanks so much and have a great day. Bye. Bye. Bye.